Episode 74, Scott Duffy is a huge Udemy success. The Online Course Guy Podcast. Regular people are taking their knowledge and content and packaging it up in an online course, and they're making a living doing it. Didn't you take some kind of course that covered this stuff? Check it out. It's a good course. It's a big class. Ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready? Here's the Online Course Guy. Hey everyone, Jacques Hopkins here and welcome to another episode of the Online Course Guy podcast. Today on the show, I was joined by Scott Duffy, who is no stranger to online courses. In fact, I'm in a lot of Facebook groups about online courses, just a lot of them, as you can imagine. And Scott's name kept coming up. He's always in there trying to help people. Other people are mentioning him as a resource. And he's just um, he's just a big name in this space. So I was so excited to connect with Scott and talk to him about online courses. And that full interview will be coming your way in just a few minutes. But first, let me tell you about our sponsor of this podcast. If you have an online course or you're thinking about having an online course, there's all these tools that you could be using. And there's 10 or 12 that I use on a daily or weekly basis that I pay for each month. But one of my favorites and one that I've used well before they were the sponsor of this podcast is called Bonjoro. Because when somebody buys my course, the very next day they will receive one of these Bonjoros from me. And it's just a very, very easy way for me to send somebody with an email address a quick video thanking them for buying my course. And if you have an online course, you absolutely should be doing the same thing. Or if you're just getting started, maybe you're getting some email opt-ins. There's no reason that you shouldn't be hustling and doing the same thing. Even though somebody hasn't paid you money, you can just welcome somebody to your world with a simple tool, an effective tool like Bonjoro. You can get your free 14-day trial of Bonjoro by going to bonjoro.com slash shock. That's bonjoro.com slash J-A-C-Q-U-E-S. So I mentioned the Facebook groups and coming across Scott Duffy, and then I realized I'd actually taken one of Scott's courses before. He has over 20 courses, and one of them is called SEO for Udemy. And if you remember back to a previous episode where we had Jeremy Deegan on, and that was the first person we had on that is on Udemy, he was giving me some tips. And since that episode, I actually have a very small piano course up on Udemy, and I took Scott Duffy's SEO for Udemy course on uh, to try to get my my new piano course ranked as high as possible. And I actually found out on the episode, I was looking it up as I was talking to Scott, that I'm currently ranking third for the term beginner piano on Udemy. So clearly that course helped. But he's actually more known for some more technical courses in, in some areas that I'm not too familiar with. And he'll talk about that in the episode. But we had a really great discussion about online courses and beginner courses versus advanced courses versus trying to teach everything. We talked about marketing your course. We talked about memberships versus a one-time fee. And of course, we talked about the pros and cons of Udemy. So let's go ahead and jump into the full interview with Scott Duffy right now. Scott, I was looking at your Udemy profile and one of the top lines says, I love making complex technical topics easy to understand. <laughs> I love it. Do you think that's a, that's a big, uh, big thing that um, a trait that course creators need to have? Yeah. I mean, as course creators, our jobs is to, to, to perhaps translate and you in the piano space, take this um, imposing topic. People are afraid to even 
sit down at a, you know, I don't know how many keys there are 120 keys in front of them. And you're like, it's not that complicated. Let's, let's just uh, take it five keys at a time or whatever. So, um, yeah, I mean, taking complex topics and making them easy to understand. It's been the basis of my career, like before I was an instructor. And when I became an instructor, it became one of my, one of my uh, taglines and one of my easiest um, ways to explain what I do to students. So I, I love that line too. Well, don't, don't overcomplicate the piano, Scott, because it's only at 88 keys. It's not okay. that hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I wanted to ask you about that first because I don't think that's always going to be necessary because in my case with the piano, I very much relate to that because I want to simplify the piano as much as possible. And I've taken one of your courses before and you obviously try to do the same. But what about the students that do want to take those deep dives and don't need everything simplified? Right. So, I mean, where my most uh, success has come from is being in really advanced technical topics so even though, yeah, you did take my SEO course, and thank you very much, um, uh, you know, um, my most successful courses are in Microsoft Azure, in cloud computing. I pride myself on being complete in this topic. Again, my, like my first course is 17 hours in length currently. So um, not to say things need to be oversimplified, and um, maybe I'll take issue with one of your past podcast guests that that was saying that just focus on the beginners and don't worry about the the complex, um, the advanced people. Um, I love the advanced people because um, not a lot of people are competing in that space. So the beginning space is super crowded in a lot of topics and the advanced space is actually less crowded. And so uh, I do both, you know, ultimately. Yeah, that's funny because I've seen courses on like Udemy, for example, where there's maybe five different courses and it's like part one, part two, part three, part four, part five. And you can clearly see a huge decrease in students yeah. as you go down because people fall off and there's less market for those advanced courses. But theoretically, you could spend more time there and charge more there. Well, there's uh, maybe that's a bit of a fallacy. You know, when you're, you're building courses in part one, part two, part three, part four, part five, you're building in a funnel, right? And so people will not buy part five if they don't own parts one through four. Mm-hmm. And you're basically purposely limiting yourself. It is, it, it is a forced um, from, you know, big number to small number. So I do not recommend building courses in, to be sequential. Build them based on unique topics. So you can build um, a piano courses on just for beginners, like that are that are have never sat down at a at a keyboard before. And then you can talk about a different course about playing Picasso, you know Mozart's um, or you know I'm 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 lost in my in my words here, but basically to get the advanced uh, ideas, but don't market them as being, you have to have taken my part one course for the part two course to make sense. You know what I mean? Like to set them up as beginner advanced, but don't set them up as a funnel or a serial uh, set of courses. That's a, that is a bad strategy. I agree. Mm-hmm. So that you could, if you did it that way, then you could, you could appeal to those that did take your first course, but more importantly, you can take, you can appeal to those that do have some experience and don't okay. want to jump into a beginner course. Right. Or, um, exactly. Or people who, yeah, um, already own courses or, or have been playing basic stuff on the piano for years. Um, and have always dreamed of, of, you know, uh, more advanced pieces, you know, so that to me is a better strategy, 
Um, now, I, I agree, though, there's, a, you know, it is a bigger market in terms of people wanting to learn, learn stuff that they've always wanted to learn. They have no experience. Um, so the market's bigger. The competition is bigger. And the, uh, you know, it's a cutthroat market. It's a, there's blood in the water and it's a bunch of sharks, really. So um, that's, you know, it's a tougher, it's a tougher space. And, and, you know, credit to you for succeeding in, in a really competitive market. But you did it. Uh, on your on your own site and on your own right so um but like a, it's just a tough tougher thing to be in the beginner space but um yeah for me the advanced it's not that my course is advanced it's that my course is complete right so um people are it's a very easy sell in that in that case got it okay so to help me kind of understand and navigate this properly uh since this is you know our first time meeting basically mm-hmm. What what are all the the different websites and places that you and your your content and your courses appear online? Right. So, um, Udemy is basically my my number one income source. It was the first place that I went to sell courses, and where I found success in my early days, and it grew, and they've been great to me. Um, I got to know the team and things like that. Um, uh, there are other companies out there that sell courses. So Stack Commerce is a company that um, has a site called Stack Skills. And the great thing about Stack is they tend to partner with a lot of brands that you already know. So the Mashables and the, the um, uh, CNNs and the um, t- t- I'm, I'm drawing a blank, but there's a bunch of websites that are huge blogs you know, that are basically got hundreds of thousands of daily views and they partner with those companies to sell courses. And so um, if you ever wanted your your piano course to appear on CNN as a uh, rec- piece of recommended content next to a particular article on CNN, um, you know, people like Stack are the people that can put that content in those places. So uh, Stack has been pretty good. I mean, they're, they're okay. Um, I tried, there's a site called um, Skillshare that a lot of people talk about. I'm not a huge fan of Skillshare. Um, I tried them and it wasn't a very successful model. I think Skillshare, they they don't have an instructor community. There's no Facebook group for Skillshare instructors that's official. There's not a lot of great ways to communicate with them and to work with them. Great thing about Udemy is I... I know dozens and dozens of Udemy employees. I've met them personally, or I work with them in the groups, or I work with them in email. Uh, Skillshare is like, um, you know, they don't really want to get close to their instructors. Um, sites like that. And then I have my own site, which is um, uh, where my, my courses, I'm, I'm hosting them. I'm doing a more of a membership model for my own site. So I have my courses on Udemy for pay one price and then on my own site for a membership model. So um, those are, those are basically the places that my courses are. I try to be very limited in, there's so many companies that approach me that say, I want to host your course here in China, in this, in that, um, in India. I just, I just don't know these people and I I don't have time, uh, mental energy and focus to be, to be able to even give them a copy of my course to sell it there. So I'm not a fan of the put your course on 50 different websites model. So that's why my course is available in three or four places. Um, and that's pretty much the limit for that. And, and what is that website where you're hosting your membership site yourself? Um, so my, 
my membership site is called uh, Hero Courses at herocourses.com. I, I, you know, I have um, my my main site is softwarearchitect.ca, and this is the logo here. Of, I love my little uh, my little sign here. But um, Software Architect is where my blog is and links to my Udemy courses. But herocourses.com is where my membership model, that's a, that's a Thinkific hosted site. And um, yeah, I just recently switched to a pay one price model from trying to sell courses individually, which I think it's challenging for Udemy instructors, particularly to try to compete with Udemy. Um, there's probably no point to it to try to compete with them on price and then to try to charge $99 when Udemy sells the same thing for $15 is ridiculous as well. So, um, my membership model is basically the um, the gateway that someone can get into my courses for forever, hopefully, um, and not have to worry about buying them individually. So we, we've definitely got into some interesting discussions on on paying for a course one time versus the membership on this podcast before, and and mm-hmm. I did notice that you you've in in various Facebook groups we're both a member of that you've recently made that switch to having or not a switch because I guess people can still buy individual courses on Udemy. But what was the yeah. thought process for you on this new membership model? So, um, yeah, like I, I, I said that, you know, if I, I, in the past I was trying to sell my courses as a bundle, $99 to get three courses or $25 for an individual course or $49 for an individual course. And again, there is a little bit of a, um, like we talk about ethics or morality in terms of selling the exact same thing on one place where most days is going to go for 10 to $20 on Udemy. And then I'm going to turn around and try to sell it for $49 on my own site. Um, and there's absolutely no additional videos, no additional service. Um, it's, I, I think that's not, um, it's not a sustainable model and it's not something that a lot of people will be successful with. If you look at people I mean, there, I can I can name four or five people who started on Udemy and became million dollar sellers outside of Udemy, um, and they've done it by differentiating the stuff that they're putting onto Udemy with the stuff that's available out of Udemy. You have to have a difference, um, in my view. And that I mean, yeah, it's fair to say. And I don't think Udemy has a problem with that either. So how many how many courses do you have at this point, Scott? Um, well over 20. Uh, so on Udemy, if you go to, um, to my, my page on Udemy, there's 20 courses, I believe. I also regularly unpublish courses or sunset courses that are out of date and I've, I've no longer wish to keep them up to date or it's, you know, they're actually, I'll tell you a story. So when I first started on Udemy, uh, I published my very first course on the topic of TOGAF. And I was pretty successful right away. I mean, in the first the first 30 days of that course going on sale, I made $2,500, something like that, the $2,300. And so I was like, whoa, hey, this is, this is awesome. You know, that experience of, of your first time putting a product out to market, not doing any marketing and having that thing just get sucked up by the market and accepted. And so guess what I did as my second course? Udemy SEO right? This is my very second course. My third course, Google Analytics. My fourth course, Lead Pages. I mean, I got successful on a course and then I immediately went off in a totally different tangent 
starting to create courses on Udemy and trying on how to um, build your build your audience or to track your audience or to rank higher or you know things like that. So um, it took me till my my fourth course or my fifth course to make another course on the same topic, and then I had success again. I went from twenty five hundred to five thousand dollars a month in sales when I finally got around to making a course. So basically once you discover what the market wants, uh, you just give them more of it. Uh, and then at some point I got rid of the Google analytics. I got rid of the lead pages. I got rid of, um, I got into internet of things for a while. These like light bulbs that you can control with your phone apps and things like that. And I created a course on that. And at some point it just, you know, those were, those are almost like hobbies whereas my business is creating technical courses. So, so what, what regrets do you have? I mean, it sounds like you have since taken down some of those courses. Do you regret that? And, and kind of overall, going back to the beginning, what would you have done differently? It's hard to say I regret anything. Um, I'm the type of person that looks forward and not back. So, um, you know, the fact that I had success right away and – you know, and hopefully anyone listening, having an extra two thousand twenty five hundred dollars a month in your pocket for not having to actually like once you've created the course, it's just recurring income. Um, I mean, there's nothing you can regret about that. That's just that's just nice to, to have. And then the second course comes, and then the third course comes, and I'm at a level now. Um, you know, I left my uh, left my full time job uh, six months ago. It's actually around six months exactly. It was February, end of February of 2018. Um, I got to a point where my income had just far exceeded my day job and it didn't make sense to have a, a day job. So, um, you know, it's just hard to, hard, hard to have regrets. But I would say I should have realized exactly what I said, which is when you find something that works, then you just have to sort of figure out how am I going to turn this into a stable foundation? I got to create two or three more courses uh, to fill that up portfolio out before I move on to something else. Right. So um, I would say my lack of discipline in terms of creating more courses that I clearly the market was looking for um, burns me. Um, so even to this day, I, I don't work as hard as a lot of people do but i guess that it's hard to complain about that even either so well first of all congratulations scott i mean being able to quit your job six months ago is is freaking awesome i mean right for, for me that that day once like once your income from the courses or the side business is is reaching or starting to meet or even exceed what you're making from the day job it's like why why am i still here i could be doing my own thing you know, and I used to say, like, I liked my job. I actually do like the job. I like leaving the house. I like getting up in the morning, getting a, taking a shower, getting changed, getting in the car, traffic on the way to work, having an office, going to lunch with my friends at work. So this whole thing with work for me was like, hey, this is actually like adult babysitting, right? You, you go and you have a little, uh, it's a nice day. You're, you love your boss. You love the work that you have. But there were times when I was starting to get assignments where I was working for a company that was, um, it's an entertainment company, does a lot of TV channels um, and doing the websites for those TV channels. And it's like the, they come to you and say, we want to add another ad advertisement to the screen here. And you're like, another advertisement? Come on. Like that's, the screen is all advertisements now. There's hardly any content. So you start to question your, <laughs> what am I doing with my life here? Um, and then you've got the income coming in. You're like, well, 
I could just tell you to take take off, right? So, um, yeah, it was it was nice, and it's, I waited. Perhaps I waited too long. I probably could have quit a couple of years earlier, but I like I think your story is that you once you saw it happening, you quit and then grew it. Um, I grew it, and then I'm like, oh, I actually like working, so um, why don't I hang on for a bit? So I don't re- I don't even regret that. I don't I just don't have those kind of regrets. But I should have left earlier. I should have focused on um, courses that were working as opposed to something that was interesting or fun, you know, but live and Yeah. Learn. Yeah. On my side, I mean, we saw, we saw it starting to grow, saw the potential and my wife and I put things in place in our lives to where I could take the time off. And if it, at the end of the day, if it never ended up succeeding, we would be okay. Absolute worst case scenario. I go back yeah. to work, go back and find another job. But I have had, I, I love hearing the stories like yours where, you didn't quit right away when you could, but that just meant in your job, you had all the leverage. And finally, yeah. once the last straw broke and it's like, okay, I just don't feel good about putting another ad here. See you guys. <laughs> you know, I have yeah. something else. Yeah. Okay. I, I actually told them I was leaving uh, six months prior, but then they were able to come to me and say, it's not really a good time for us. And if you could just stay and there would be, you know, you actually, they let me reduce my hours. So they said, you can work. Uh, you tell us how many days a week you can come in. And I'm like, oh, okay. How can you say no to that, right? Like you just wanted to some, have some more time for your business. And they said, you can go to three days a week. That's fine. And I'm like, great. So for the last six months before I quit, I actually reduced my hours um, just to just because they didn't want me to quit right away. But yeah, it, it wasn't a bad decision. And it's been a lovely summer. I don't know. Where are you, by the way? Yeah, I'm in, I'm in the southern part of the United States in Louisiana. Okay. So I'm here in Toronto, Canada, and mm-hmm. beautiful summer. We had an amazing summer up here. I go for walks every day. I walk my dog. I just go for a walk myself. I feel like an old man sometimes because I just go for a walk in the middle of the day. But this is like, I just sit there going, this is awesome. This this ability to get off your butt and go for a walk um, anytime that you feel like it's just great. So definitely, if you can get some passive income going, definitely do it. <laughs> you can quote me awesome. on that. Yeah, for sure. So, and I think I will quit you on that, Scott. So as far as online courses go, right? I mean, there's people listening to this that have courses already and just looking to kind of take it to the next level. People who are just starting out, right? So for those that are starting out, we've had a lot of good talking points so far in terms of you've got courses on Udemy, you've got courses elsewhere. You've talked about beginner courses, advanced courses, courses that cover everything. Like if I'm listening to this and I don't have a course, it's almost overwhelming. Like where do you even start? Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, the thing is, um, courses have to have a purpose and they have to be helpful. I see a lot of people that go off and they create a course on like renewable energy, right? It's not going to create a renewable energy course. That sounds cool. And it's sort of like what, what, would, what are people, students who are trying to learn something, what, are, what is their goal with learning renewable energy? Okay. And I'm not picking on that because that's a great academic topic, but it made that may not be a very successful business, right? So I think when you're just starting out, you have to say, listen, and I, I think I've heard this on your podcast before too, about it being a transformation that we're trying to enact here. So uh, in my case, somebody wants to take my course because they want to pass a test and that test goes on their exam, on their resume, and their resume can get them a better job or can qualify them for other projects at work. They might get out of a boring job and into another cool job with the certifications that they're getting from me. 
for you. People have always dreamed of wanting to learn piano. Maybe they see people in bars and restaurants and the, the local bookshop that playing piano. And it's like, man, I wish I could do that. Why? And then they see this opportunity and they take it. But, but if you're going to choose something like renewable energy or, um, you know, herbalism or something, what is it that people, what is it people are trying to become to take that? So um, I think there's room in this market for so many topics. There's thousands and thousands of topics, but I think you do have to start thinking about what will students be or be able to do at the end. Okay. So transformation is better than interesting in a way. Yeah, it does. It makes perfect sense. I think that's, that's hugely important because I could go out there and create a website and say, all right, guys, learn piano here. Got piano lessons. And that's like my marketing pitch. It's like, okay, well, thousands, like probably millions of people can offer that on the planet. What, what's gonna, what, what is the transformation going to look like? And I love what you said about just kind of following the rabbit hole. Okay. It's not just about going through this course. It's not just about the certification. It's not just about what goes on the resume. Let's, let's keep going. Like at yeah. the end of the day, you're going to get a better job. You're going to have a better life. You're going to make more money because of this course. Right. Meet a right? beautiful woman, have some beautiful kids, <laughs> afford that house. Yeah, exactly. So uh, like for you, it's not just teaching them the difference between a C chord and a D chord. It's you can play a song. You can impress your friends. You can actually, um, you know, when that opportunity does come, you can sit down and say, well, I do know a song. And start off on something and people are like, wow, you know, that, what you're selling really is the, um, um, the, the feeling people get when other people are listening to them perform and appreciate what they're doing, right? So really, um, you know, I, and hopefully that's not an accurate statement, but uh, really I'm, I'm telling people the, the job or the project or the um, going from an unhappy place to a happier place in their life. And, um, you know, through, for me, that, that is through promotion and through new, new work and other people are going to do that. But I guess, I guess my main point is a lot of people create courses on things that might be interesting. Um, another one is like how a car works. Like, so let's say you, let's say you knew how car works and you wanted to create a course on that, but what does that, how does that change people? Like, it's not going to make them qualified to be a mechanic, Right unless you're taking a mechanic course, but if it's just how an internal combustion engine propels a car, to me, that's like a YouTube video. That's like uh, something you might watch just out of interest. You're bored. You've got five minutes. I want to watch how cars work, but it's, it's, uh, it's a different um, space than you're, ch- you're actually changing somebody's life. Yeah. I think you could probably at the end of the day, find the right marketing messaging and the right transformation just for, for just about any topic. I mean, when you said like car repair, like I I wish I knew more, more about engines and, and things like that. And I think that would make me more, that would make me more of a man. You know, it's like be more of a man, take this course. And like at the end of the day, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a car repair course, but I love it. I think, I think we could definitely do that for just about any topic. Yeah, that's a good point. I think I just, I, um, I just paid, uh, $200. Crazy thing, okay? This summer, a rat got into my car engine and ate some wires. And I don't know. I mean, I don't live in a bad neighborhood. I don't know where the rats are coming from. But a rat got into my car and actually broke my car by eating a wire inside my engine. And I went took it to the dealership, and it's like $150 to change a wire. 
So yes, could I have <laughs> fixed that myself by going to freaking uh, store and buying a wire? Yes, I could have if I knew how to do that. So yeah, I think if you sell it as a uh, how to change your own oil, how to make minor car repairs without having to pay $60 an hour uh, to a car mechanic, that would be a tra- that would be life-changing. And like you said, how um, how to not be lost when it comes to checking your oil, like that would be something too. Like it's uh, there's something there. Yeah. So for I sure. think we're on the same page with that. Yeah. And, and, and this advice is really good, but it's definitely much, you know, definitely at the higher level. So, so kind of bring it back to ground level. Like I'm curious as somebody who has courses on Udemy and all these other places, like if you were starting over like and, and, and created one course, would it go on Udemy or would it go somewhere else? So, um, yeah, first of all, I love, I love Udemy. I'm super appreciative of the way that, um, it's enabled me to transform my life. Um, like it is really, I really didn't have any list or any groups or anything. Um, so would I start over on Udemy? I certainly would. But like I said, my advice still remains that I think it's, it's going to be based on the topic. So if you're um, teaching something which has very, is a very competitive uh, topic, so let's, let's not say piano, let's say like Java development, right? Or some type of, you know, introduction to web, make your first web page, HTML development. Well, that's a super competitive topic and it will be near impossible for you to get near the top of Udemy and to make full-time income from Udemy. In that case, I might say, well, if you've, if the only thing you're interested in teaching is a really, really, really competitive topic, yeah, maybe you have to go on your own site and you have to start building a community and you have to start all the things, um, building a Facebook group and helping people in Reddit and answering questions on Stack Overflow and all of the, the community things that people have to do to build um, authority. Basically, you need authority in that space. For me, I create courses that are generally unique, right? So even my Microsoft Azure courses, there are no other courses on the on Udemy that are really competitive to those. And when I created them, they were there was no other courses on the web really that were competitive. Now there's a few more places that are creating similar courses, but I um, I still go for the uniqueness, and so that's why I suggest Udemy. So if you've got something that's pretty unique and you think you can stand out in the market and you're not interested in learning marketing, I would go with Udemy, sure. Uh, if you are got to be in a super competitive space and you're, there's just no chance you're going to get to page one on Udemy with a thousand reviews, um, then I would say you're on your own, but maybe that's for the best too. So that's, that's a really interesting breakdown. And you, you got started on Udemy, was it 2014? Four years ago. Yeah. Almost okay. exactly four years ago. So, so I got the idea for my piano course 2013. So very similar time, like in your opinion, and obviously I didn't go to the Udemy route. I went my own, right. my own way and I had to learn the marketing and I had to grow my audience and grow my authority and all that. Like what, what kind of position do you think I'd be in today if I would have started with Udemy as opposed to on my own domain? Well, 2013 and 2014 were great times to be building courses. Um, like just talking about Udemy, I think there were, 15,000 courses on Udemy in 2014, something like that. And now there are 80,000 courses on Udemy. So you, um, if you started early enough, you could have clearly been the market leader. And even today, you could have such a dominance that those tens of thousands of people a month who are searching for uh, piano courses on Udemy will see you in the top two or three spots. So 
Um, I think if you had started back then, it, it, you, you, you might be super happy with that. Um, you know, when things were harder back then, I think, um, I think, these platforms like Thinkific and Teachable and um, the, even the LMSs for WordPress, they weren't as, as advanced back then. Um, but then advertising was cheaper back then too. So then suddenly the pay-per-clicks, if you were doing advertising into 2014, you were, you were paying 30 cents a, a click instead of a dollar a click or whatever. So there's pros and cons. It's hard to say. Can't go back in time really. <laughs> Yeah, well, I just I, that that type of question fascinates me because I had I had a choice back then, and and yeah. people have choices today on where they're going to. Ho- there's so many different choices, and it, it yeah. you know, you talk about like split testing. You can actually see the results, but it'd be fun to go back in time and actually be able to split test things and see what would have worked out better. Sure, I mean, there there are people that um, today who are like I'll, I'll give you another example. One of the hottest courses on Udemy is in the area of iOS app development, right? So one of the top uh, Udemy instructors from the past was Rob Percival, and he had made $2 million in a single course back in 2015 when, you know, like before $2 million was really hard to make in, in online courses back then with the help of Udemy. So it wasn't all him. Um, but you know, he's no longer got the number one iOS course. So there are people in, subsequent to him who've made newer iOS's courses as iOS changes every year. And and now we're on to the second or third replacement to Rob Percival. So um, it's, it is possible, totally 100% possible with the right person, the right course, the right topic, and right at the right time to come in and supplant the number one course on Udemy. Um, but it's it's a bit of a lottery, so it's also like one percent chance that that you're going to be able to come in and supplant um, the number one course. So it's a very interesting. I, I pride myself on studying the market and watching a lot of what other people are doing, trying to learn from them, trying to avoid the same mistake. Like I'm the number one instructor for Microsoft Azure, number one instructor for Togaf. These are the things that are paying my bills and get allowing me to. Um, to do have a great great life that I have, so I'm obviously petrified of someday waking up and being on number eleven for those topics, right? So because that would change my that would change my answer completely. But when you're number one, it's great to be number one. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So speaking yeah. of your great life, somebody who quit their job six months ago and, and has twenty plus courses, uh, what what does your day to day look like? What do you do with your days <laughs> besides well, walking? Um, yeah, so. You know, this is going to sound kind of kind of weird. I, I said earlier in this the show that um, one of my weaknesses is I don't work as hard, I think, as a lot of people do. Um, I set a goal for myself to work two hours a day on productive, like creating videos or creating things. Like that's my my goal. If I reach two hours, uh, that's a, that's thumbs up. It's a good day. If I don't reach two hours, what the heck is going on? I need to refocus. So. My day basically is, um, I'll, I'll say one thing, I'm, I'm going to, to Orlando next week for this Microsoft conference, and then I'm spending three weeks in uh, Florida on vacation. So I'm taking a month off starting in a week from now. So I, right now, I'm particularly a little bit busy because I've just got to get, I know what I've got to get get done. Um, but And I've, I've also started hiring assistants, virtual assistants. I don't know if you've ever experimented with VAs and things like that. 
but I've really uh, upped up on the automation and upped on the uh, VAs in the last couple of months. So I don't know. My day's pretty good. I I probably start work around uh, one o'clock, twelve noon, and uh, like I said, I try to get to two solid hours of actual work in. There's other stuff going on. I, I'm active on Facebook. I've got my Facebook group. So I currently have a Facebook group with my students and other people of twelve thousand members. Um, and so I try to keep that up and things like that. So, and then, um, yeah, I, I sort of, I sort of have the freedom to do, to do what I want, but I'm also, like I said, paranoid of being, being beaten. So there's, I'm a, I'm a complex individual, Jack. <laughs> well, you, you answered the question about, um, or, or what you were saying about how much you work is an interesting way to answer it. So when you say two hours or so, I mean, that does not include checking emails and managing Facebook posts and all that you're saying no. i want to like be, being what does that mean though is that content creation <laughs> um okay yeah see you're you're coming from the, the space of of having created your course and then focusing on okay yes i'm i'm in the i'm a content creator and right. so i love man i was in um, on the weekend i was in adobe after effects i was I created a brand new promo videos for some of my courses and i spent all day in after effects adding little things animating things happiest day. I went for a walk there that day and I was like, this is an awesome day. So um, I am happiest when I'm recording, when I'm editing, creating content. I, I would love it if I could create a video every day. That would be, by, by a year from now, I would have 365 videos. It would be on YouTube. It would be in my courses. It'll be uh, anywhere that I need to, I need to share. So um, yeah, I'm a content creator. And so a productive time to me is creating slides doing research, writing, and recording and editing. Um, that's, my, that's my standard for productive productivity. Uh, trolling Facebook, um, all that stuff is not, uh, is not productive, even if it's worth my students. Um, don't spend a lot of time on marketing. So, my, so where you have um, advertisements going and you've got to check in every day to make sure the, the, the spend is right and the click-throughs are right, I, I don't have that challenge uh, too much. So um, I would consider that productive too if you're babysitting ads uh, day, daily. But for me, content creation is is uh, my, my happy place. Very good. So I'm sure it's not all like the, the glamorous life. What are you struggling with most in your in your business right now? Yeah, it's a good, um, it's a really good question. So Struggling with my business. So I've chosen a topic. This is a bit, this is really in the weeds here, but this is the truth. I've chosen a topic that changes a lot. So in technology, um, you know, every year Apple comes out with a new version of iOS. And so the iOS course sellers are having to struggle to update their courses, create new courses. And what they created last year becomes out of date. Who wants to buy an iOS 10, iOS 9, iOS 8 course? Nobody, right? So in my space, my challenge is Microsoft is changing the cloud weekly or monthly. Okay. So just on the weekend, I went in to do something. I was creating a video and I noticed the user interface had changed. And then I'm, then it starts to think, Oh my God, I've got like 12 videos showing the old user interface. Um, and you know, how am I ever going to go back and re-record them or do I even need to? And so my, my struggle is I'm one guy. I've got some VAs, but they're not creating content for me. And um, Microsoft is a company of 50,000 people, and they are 
they are changing their programs to meet their market needs. So my struggle is keeping up with the changes in my market. I've chosen a rapidly changing market on purpose, and that's also my competitive advantage. So uh, imagine if the piano changed every six months and a year from now it would be totally out of date. Um, people that created piano courses three years ago would be screwed if they didn't keep it up to date. So I feel like I have a competitive advantage keeping my courses up to date, but it's also my biggest challenge. That's very interesting. That's, that's one of many reasons that I went with piano for my course. And I mean, that's very much an evergreen topic. Uh, the, only, the only big thing technology-wise is, is that as camera get, cameras get better and I get better at filming and using multiple camera angles, but the piano itself is still the same. That's for right. sure. And I've always wondered that, that about people like you who ha- deal with not just any technology, but technology that changes so often and you're doing screen shares and the next day, the, the interface for whatever software it is looks completely different. Do you have to, do you scramble when that happens and re-record videos? I, I don't scramble so much. Um, I created one video. So once I realized the interface changed this weekend, I created a video to d- document the change and to tell students about it. Then I uploaded that video to YouTube. I uploaded it to my three courses on that topic. And I uploaded it to my Facebook group. So I created one piece of content. I put it everywhere. My expectation is that students would understand that I don't, I don't control Microsoft and I don't get advanced warning that things are changing. So um, as long as I get to it eventually, um, then all I can do is say, oh, by the way, the interface changed. Here's a five-minute review of it. And the rest of the course is on the old interface. So I wouldn't say scramble, but... My to-do list is quite long in terms of videos that need to be refreshed. So, Scott, this is uh, this has been a pleasure. You've shared a lot of great advice for the people listening. Um, to wrap things up, is there anything else that uh, that you think is, is valuable information you have that you could share with the the audience? I I would say I want to give an encouragement that um, you know creating courses is I think it's super fun. This is my in a way, it used to be my hobby when I, when I had a full-time job. Other people would watch TV or watch Netflix or uh, play video games. My hobby was creating courses for those few years. Um, so I absolutely recommend that you find time in your day. Cut out some of this entertainment stuff. Don't watch YouTube uh, as often as you, as you do. Uh, to work on your business, to work on courses – it's, it's, uh, I think it's a blast. I think, I don't know about you, Jacques, but uh, this to me, I am, I am feeling so blessed uh, to do what I do, not f- just from the money perspective, but I've got a hundred and hundred thousand plus students in my courses and I get um, 25 reviews a day and I get personal messages from people saying they passed the test. Thanks. And, and they're publicly saying, Scott Duffy helped me pass this test. Thanks a lot. This was awesome. So the, the, once you start becoming a teacher, that, that's a very proud badge to wear. So absolutely find the time, get started, don't be afraid, um, and don't give up so easily. People, people also, they launch something and then they give it a week and they say it was a failure and then they quit. Uh, don't do that either. Love it. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. It's been a pleasure.
All right, that's going to do it for another episode of the Online Course Guy podcast. You can find all the detailed show notes and any links that either Scott or myself mentioned by going to theonlinecourseguy.com slash 74. Don't forget to check out our sponsor of this podcast. You can get a free 14-day trial of Bonjoro by going to bonjoro.com slash Jacques. And if you are interested in creating an online course, and if you're listening to this, then I would imagine you are. Or if you have an online course already, you need inspiration, you need direction, you need motivation and tangible things that you can do to make your course more successful, then you need the free online course workshop that I'm putting on at theonlinecourseguide.com. Just head there now and register for the online course workshop and you will not regret it. Once again, that's theonlinecourseguide.com. And guys, stay tuned. There's more Online Course Guy podcasts coming your way soon.